Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Well, the Eagles figured out how to score some points on offense, and just in time, the defense collapses. And that's what bad teams do. They, they never play 60 minutes on both sides of the football, and that's what we saw today in Pittsburgh. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast presented by Nissan with Ruben Frank. I'm Dave Zangaro. We're going to go through uh, this loss. The Eagles are 1-3-1 and one now. They still have a pretty good shot at the division because it's so awful, but uh, I don't think anyone's feeling real great about it. Uh, we'll take a look at the defense's performance, Doug Peterson's decision-making in this game, uh, some good things on offense, certainly, some more injuries, and then, of course, Dave's positivity corner <sighs> at the end of the podcast. It'll be a little tougher today. Uh, but we start with the defense because in a game where the Eagles' offense puts up 29 points with the receiving core they have with the offensive line they have, that should be good enough to win this game. Yeah, you're totally right. And, uh, you know, this was, this is not a Steelers team. That's really explosive. They're methodical. Um, they, they plod down the field. They, you know, they, they get four yards here, six yards there. So to see them put up, um, you know, that many points, um, they held the ball for 35 minutes and, um, the Eagles couldn't do anything to, uh, to mess up Ben's rhythm and chemistry. I, he just stood back there and he took a couple shots, but it was mainly a um, bunch of short stuff and let's wait for the Eagles to miss tackles. And, and it worked. And uh, just got the feeling Ben could do anything he wanted. He was – we talked about this during the week, how he's really changed. He just doesn't hold on to the ball like he used to. He used to be a sitting duck back there, uh, like some people I know, um, some quarterbacks I know. But he, he gets rid of it as fast as anybody now. And uh, you don't get the, the huge plays down the field, but uh, you get efficiency, and, and that's what they were. They, they ran the ball enough. They had a, another trick play, um, which has been uh, – I don't it, even want to call it a trick play. It's not a trick play. It's just an, you know, an end around to a receiver. That's fair. It's not a trick play. It's a, a, a gadget play. And, it's and, a misdirection. Yeah, the, uh, Washington did one of those Rams uh, – the three of the four longest runs against the Eagles this year are by wide receivers. And it's teams taking advantage of the Eagles' aggressiveness. You know, they go this way, let's go this way, and you get a big gain. So, um, yeah. yeah, they forced a turnover. But uh, I, I thought to win this game, they had to get Ben out of his rhythm. And that never happened. He was just picking people apart up and down the field. Completed um, um, 14 out of 14 on third down. They weren't all first downs, but – uh, 27 out of 34, three touchdowns, no picks. He did whatever he wanted. Yeah. And, he didn't and put up the, any resistance. The Steelers converted 11 of 15 on third down. I mean, that's – it's going to be hard to beat a team when you're giving up third down conversions like that. And that's and, fourth highest ever against the Eagles. And it's been that's been kept since 1991, so 30 years. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't like there was really a lot of secret to what they were doing. 
I mean, Ben was getting the ball out of his hands quick, and, and he was relying on his guys to beat the Eagles on slants. I mean, that's basically how they picked up most of their first downs. Um, and, you know, Brandon Graham talked about it. It's a copycat league, and we're seeing that with the end arounds. We're seeing teams take advantage of the Eagles' aggressiveness. That's on film. And Ben just gave a pretty good blueprint of how to beat the pass rush. He looked like like Eli Manning in the last two years of his career. He was getting the ball out in two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, Eagles had one sack. Um, and it, listen, this guy's been in the league for 17 years for a reason. And um, he was hurt last year, but most of those years he played 16 games. And he's he's really changed the way he's, he plays. And he's he's so smart and so quick in his, in his mental processing that, um, you know, he's got good receivers. And he just drops back, gets them the ball and doesn't put himself at risk. And it's really tough to stop that. Um, you have to tackle well. And they, I don't think they tackled great today, but they blew some coverages, and they just, they just couldn't stop them. Yeah, and Chase Claypool has a total of four touchdowns. I mean, th- this defense in the last few years has become really good at giving career games to opposing receivers. Uh, this is a rookie. Who's... That story now, Chase Claypool is the AFC – Offensive player of the week or whatever, you know. Yeah, no, he will be for sure. Yeah. Like that, because every week they seem to give somebody that award. Yeah, they do. Um, it it was it was brutal. And, you know, it caps off with a third and eight. They they come out and you have Nate Gary lined up on Chase Claypool. I, I know the Eagles, if they were gonna get the ball back, kind of one of their timeouts. But if I see Nate Gary lined up on the guy who's already scored three touchdowns. Guess what I'm doing? Yeah, now they didn't have Slay there, so um, they were a little hamstrung on defense. But um, that's not a great matchup. I think I think you tweeted it out before the play before he's even in the end zone. You know that's not a that's not a matchup you want to see. Um, you know Gary came came into the season with the reputation of the Eagles' best cover linebacker and. He's just really – he's really struggled. Now, that's that's a tough matchup and for, for any linebacker. But um, – so maybe that's on, on Jim Schwartz more than Nate Gary. But, um, Clay, I mean, they couldn't find anybody to cover Claypool today. Yeah, I can't really pin – look, Nate Gary's got to do a better job there. He's got to at least bump him. I mean, you're a linebacker. That's your only chance you have. Bump him or, or I mean, try to stay with him in coverage. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just – you can't have it. And it, they were in quarters, Rodney McLeod explained. Um, but in that case, it looked like – and I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll give the excuse that Doug gave. I haven't seen it again. Um, but it looked like, at least if, if I'm coaching the defense, Nate Gary doesn't have the seam there. I mean, Nate Gary should be in the flat, and you have a, a DB covering the seam because that puts a lot of stress on Rodney McLeod on the back end and he's probably late getting there, but, and, and he should be aware too that, Hey, I have a linebacker here lined up on, um, on the receiver. And I'm guessing Ben looked him off, but man, I mean, that's just brutal in in a spot like that to have your worst player on their best player. It it just can't happen. Yeah. And uh, this is, uh, this is why I hate not being at the games. This is the first Eagle Steelers game I've missed since 1974, since Franco was playing um, in Pittsburgh. Or, or yeah, but um, we never got a replay. Was, how many plays were there today? We just never saw a replay. 
Yeah, I mean, it was the Brandon Graham face mask. I mean, that was a huge call. We never saw the personal foul on Malik Jackson, not once. Yeah, there there were, like, no replays today. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, At least we had Jonathan Vilma telling us what was going on. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Jonathan Vilma was a hell of a football player. As good as he was as a football player, he's equally – I don't want to – He he wasn't good. He He wasn't good. Just – anyway. But, yeah – but, you know, that play, notwithstanding, I mean, it was just a bad day all around. For, for I thought Jalen Mills was, was bad. Um, I thought the D-line w- was okay, but, you know, they, they gave up some big plays. Um, you know, the secondary in general, even Slay ha- had – I mean, the, the DPI, the first one was a terrible call. The second one was, was a good call. And he got beat on a, on a big play himself. Um, no, nobody's playing well in that secondary. Slay has been till today. Um, we don't know how bad he's hurt. We didn't get any injury updates, but you know, obviously. he tweeted out uh, that he was okay. Okay, that's good. To but hear. we'll see. I mean, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, but that third down, I mean, that's that's just you know, and some of them were big plays. I mean, the you know they they gave up a couple thirty yard plays on third on thirds and you know third down. So um, I also thought it was it. interesting. Rodney McLeod, when he was asked about that play like fourteen times, which I understand. Um, he said they were in man on the two plays before that, and they switched to zone for that play. And it was tough to tell if he was just irritated by the amount of questions about that play or if he was irritated about the call. Uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but something tells me it might have been the latter. Yeah, I, I, I felt the same way, but also I, I, don't, I don't know if it's – he was, he was getting a little – frustrated with the line of questioning. So I don't know if it was one or the other. It wouldn't certainly wouldn't surprise me if it was the former, but um, it, that's, I don't feel comfortable drawing that conclusion, but it's certainly possible. That's fair. And, and I, but I feel comfortable drawing the conclusion that that's a bad play. I mean, that's a bad defensive call. Yeah. And um, it, it, it puts Doug Peterson, it puts the players in a bad spot after games. We've talked about this before, but Jim Schwartz doesn't address the media until Tuesday um, and, and the reason he's always given for that is that he doesn't want to take away from the head coach's message, which is BS. And in a game like this, where there's a crucial defensive play call that costs him the game, you're putting everyone else in a bad spot. I want to know why he called it, and we're not going to find out until Tuesday. And, and that sounds like me whining, but like I think fans deserve to know why yeah, you have I'm Nate totally Gary. Um, at least there. he doesn't just talk after wins. You know, that's true. That would be even worse. But Jim Johnson stood back there after every every loss, every win, and spoke. Bill Davis, say what you want about Bill Davis, they would give up forty eight points, and he would stand there and take every question and and be accountable. And yeah, it's it's a, it's it's and I've talked to him about it. It's disappointing, but he's never going to change. No, no, he certainly will, and, and I'm sure he's happy to not talk after that because it it was brutal. And, and this loss, I mean, when the offense scores 29 points, you, you got to win that game. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers don't go around scoring in the 30s. I mean, I, I, they, they hadn't scored – you know, they hadn't scored more than 27 points in their last 29 games against the Eagles. <laughs> it goes back to, like, the 1950s. They don't – I mean, that's a fluky thing, but they just don't score. That's not how they're built. They're built to win games like 23-17, you know, 20-14. to 14. Um, they don't. They don't get involved in shootouts, and um, they only scored that many because they had to. But um, this is this is 
I, I thought the Rams game was bad uh, defensively. It was, but I thought this was worse just because that, that's how the Rams are built. You know, they when they're at their best, Goff is just – they go they go up and down the field. They, they score 40 against a lot of people. Um, you know, even in the game in, in, in L.A. in 17 when Carson got hurt, they, they offensively they were, you know, they were incredible. Both teams were. But um, the Steelers don't play that way. You know, this, they, 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 they're close to the vest. They're low risk. They're, they're plotting. They're methodical. Um, and they're not built. They're not this, like, super fast, you know – down the field type of team that puts up 35 points, but that's who they were. That's who they were today. Yeah, they were. Um, so the Eagles have third and five and they throw a slant to Travis Fulgham. It might've been DPI. I, I'd give Travis Fulgham a heck of a lot of credit, not just for the game, but he said I should have made that play and I'm not so sure he should have. Um, but anyway, it's fourth and five. The Eagles go for a 57-yard field goal instead of putting the offense back on the field. What did you make of that decision from Doug? Yeah, I wrote about it in my 10 observations. I, I didn't hate it because I do think Jake Elliott, he can make that kick. Um, you know, but I also think that even if he makes it, um, you know, you given the Steelers, there's, I think there was 323 left at that point. Um, and you're giving them three and a half minutes, and they've just scored on five of eight possessions, and yet they have three and a half minutes left. They were going to score, so you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a one point lead. I thought their best chance to win that game was to um, was to go for it. It was a fourth and five. The, the offense was kind of rolling at that point, um, other than those couple plays there. But Carson was in a rhythm. Um, I, I think I would have gone for it, and. You know, obviously, if you miss the field goal, then, you know, I think they were on the 47. They were just inside midfield. So, obviously, it was a short field. But um, they were going to score either way. So, I figure you may as well try to get the touchdown and and at least make them score a touchdown to win. Yeah, it's tough because Jake Elliott had the distance. I mean, he booted that ball. It was it would have been deep enough from, heck, maybe 65. It was a deep kick. Uh, yeah, it's a tough question. And, and it, Doug Peterson put faith in his defense because you know either way the defense is going to have to get a stop. Ultimately, they, they tried to do it on a short field and couldn't do it. But, yeah, I don't know if I would have had faith. It, it's funny because he, he either had to show faith in his offense or his defense, and he chose the defense there, if you want to look at it like that, and they let uh, him down. They, the offense was rolling and defense was, was crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you have done? I think I would have gone for it, but I, I can't. I can't kill Doug for kicking the field goal. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm leaning toward I would have gone for it. Um, but when he kicked, when he, when they lined up, I didn't think this is egregious, and I still don't. I agree. Uh, I think if it's Alex Henry, <laughs> it's <laughs> egregious. But this is a guy who, who can make that kick. Um, at Nissan, we just made your choice for a new car, an easier one than ever, with our most exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. The choice is yours. Now get great offers across our full line. Shop your local Nissan store today at NissanUSA.com. I thought this was Carson Wentz's best game. I knew I know he threw two interceptions. One was, you know, it looked like a, probably a penalty might have been in play there and the second one was late in the game he's throwing a deep trying to make something happen but other like I, I thought he played 
well enough for them to win. I, I thought he was tough. I, I thought he made some good throws. I mean, finally, some touch passes. Um, he should have had a touchdown at the end of the first half. He put that ball right on John Hightower. I, I thought he played well. Yeah, I'm with you. And there were stretches there where he actually looked like the Carson of old, where he and – and I just asked him about it. I mean, he got in a rhythm where, like, even in the, the first few games, like, there would be a, a good play and then a bad play. And then, you know, you'd say, wow, that was a great – a great pass, and then there'd be a turnover or he'd miss a guy. There were actually some sustained drives where he made a bunch of good throws, and um, it helped that he had, you know, he had the second coming of T.O. out there. Uh, T.F., I guess we can call him. But um, <laughs> I, I was encouraged by Carson's performance. He took a beating, too. I mean, he got – I don't know how many times he got hit. I haven't checked the, uh, uh, the defensive stats yet. The Steelers had um, 11 hits on him. And he got sacked five times. Um, so, yeah, he, he, uh, he took some shots. He really did. Um, and that's, you know, that Steelers defense showed who's the best D-line in the league. I mean, it wasn't even close. Obviously, they're different kind of offenses, and Carson's trying to get the ball down the field where Ben's just dinking and dunking. But um, I, w- I was impressed. I hope he's okay. Uh, he seemed okay in his presser. Um, At one point, I think he, he stood up and, like, kind of grabbed his ribs – yeah. During the game, I saw that. But Yeah, I saw that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I thought it was something to build on, which is, I think, what he said. And, you know, if he's got a good receiver, any quarterback's going to be better with a guy catching a ball like Travis Fulgham did. And, um, you know, it's going to make any quarterback better. Uh, but I thought he threw the ball with a little more authority. Um, I, there, there were some passes that were like, that's that. And he showed a, some signs of that. In each of the last two games, I thought there were some points where, you know, but I thought he did it more consistently today where you thought, you know what, he's going to be okay. But, I mean, gosh, what's he got, nine interceptions now? I lost track. Yeah, it's nine. Incredible total. Um, You know, he might – I mean, he says career high of 14 in his rookie year in 16 games. He's going to break that by the bye week at this rate. Uh, but today, I didn't mind him. Like you said, there were one that absolutely should have been a penalty, and the other was just a Hail Mary kind of deal. But it, it was, what, fourth and 20. I guess that's your best play. Uh, he just kind of heaved it down the field. Yeah, sometimes good things happen like that when you, when you try to, you know, get a pass interference or something like that. You throw it down the field. Yeah, so – yeah, so it's is this, I think the first pod we've done where we haven't started. I was like, "What's wrong with Carson?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's that, and but that's the frustrating thing is you, you find it's like it's like a sinking boat, and you're you're patching up holes, and then another one, and you, the boat's going down, but you can't patch up the holes fast enough. Um, yeah, I thought Carson played fine, and then the defense lets him down. Uh, but you're right, Travis Fogelm having a player who can make plays is obviously going to help the quarterback. And what that kid did was unbelievable. This is Dave in 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 vintage uh, segue form right here. Um, yeah, and he didn't just. And the final numbers were ten for one fifty two uh, with with the touchdown. But I thought that his game was even more impressive than the numbers because he made some spectacular catches, leaping, diving, lunging. Um, uh, you know there were. There was some where he was open, but there was a lot where he wasn't open. He just went up and made a play. That's something we haven't seen around here. 
you know, maybe Alshon in 17 did a little bit of that, you know, during that stretch when he was playing really well. But um, this was as good as, uh, you know, wide receiver we've played, we've seen around here since, I mean, Deshaun had the one game. It was essentially two catches. But, um, the la- I mean, the, the last eagle with 10 catches and 150 yards in a game was Macklin in 2014 against Arizona. That's who he kind of reminded me of today. He's not built the same. He's a little – there's, but they're similar. I think. I think that's who he reminds me the most of. I was trying to think. I was like, quick, Carmichael, you know, what? <laughs> like Harold Jackson. Like, what great receiver is he like? But I think, as far as playmaking, he reminded me of Macklin today. Just, um, you know, just a variety of different catches, and um, he, it was impressive. Uh, he's not a fluke, you know. After the forty-two yard touchdown, I wrote a piece, I think, on Monday about Fulgham, and people were tweeting, oh, it was just one game, you know, like, no, I, this guy can play, and I don't need to see anymore. I mean, there have been guys who have been, you know, I mean, the Paul Turner, you know, what do you have, five for 80 in that game in, against the Bengals in 16, and never to be heard from again, but this this kid can play. I mean, he was, he was drafted for a reason. He was drafted, um, I don't know what the Packers and Lions was it the Lions and Packers were thinking when they caught him, but um, I think he can play. And um, I don't know what is going to happen with Deshaun when he's going to be able to play or Alshon, uh, Jalen Rager at some point is going to come back and he'll play. But um, Fulgham, I think, has earned some playing time. And, you know, what it means is the other guys go down. I mean, Hightower had a bad game. He had that one play that he danced around instead of going out of bounds. Either go out of bounds or get the first down. But don't stay in bounds and not get the first down. Um, that was bad. That caught, you know, that really cost him. And then obviously the, the play in the end zone you alluded to just got, you know, would have been a great catch. Would have been a good catch. Just got to make it. Um, you know, Jay Jaw had the one catch today, which his first catch of the year was kind of an unfortunate set of circumstances at the end of the half. Let's talk about the end of that first half, though, because yeah. that was kind of a mess. I mean, that was a chance for them to put points on the board knowing the Steelers get the ball back after half and the whole series was a mess because they start off, they have that one run that killed like 30 seconds, which I'm fine with it. But then you look at it and like that time was valuable. They have the high tower play where he doesn't get out of bounds. He had plenty of time to get out of bounds. He could have gone out of bounds and gotten the first down. He did neither. Like you said, Possibly, um, yeah. then you had the deep throw to high tower. Probably should have been caught. It would have been a tough catch, but, I mean, Carson put it there. And then the last play was the pass to J-Jaw. He finally makes a play, finally catches the ball, but he gets tackled as he's doing it. The clock runs out. The Eagles never get a chance to clock it. Um, I guess that that throw from Wentz has to be more toward the sideline. Um, But that whole series, just a mess. I mean, you got to get points there. In a game where you're figuring at that point points are going to be hard to come by, and you know it's a tight game, you needed points there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, without I, we, I never saw a replay on that one either. I mean, I never. Um, it didn't look like. I mean, I, to me, the blame goes to both Carson and Jay Jaw. Jay Jaw should know better than to. I mean, you got to be at the sideline unless you can catch it two yards from the sideline. As long as you know you can get out. Um, and Carson can't throw it to him unless he's, you know, right at the, you know, right at the sideline. This guy hasn't caught a ball all year, so you you can't really trust him to, you know, have the wherewithal to, you know, 
to get out of bounds and to make the play and, and be able to get out of bounds. It was good coverage. Um, it's a shame. It was, it was a nice catch, finally. He tracked um, it. Yeah, it was a nice catch. But I, I think, you know, Carson's got to know better. You know, I'm not going to kill him for that play, but when we didn't have a chance. I probably should have asked him about that. But, I, you know, we have – you get we get like four minutes. We'll talk to him Wednesday. By then, no one will care. Um, can you text him? You have his cell. <laughs> and we didn't ask Doug about that play either. You know, he was asked like three thousand questions about the Nate Gary, you know, covering Chase Claypool. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a unfortunate set of circumstances. That that whole drive, like you said, was ill fated. Yeah, um, you, you know, on offense, they got the ball back. With uh, 157 left on the 25, Carson got sacked, but then he had the 20 yarder to Fulgham. So you had first and 10 with 43 seconds on on your own 38. Um, then another, then then that nine yarder to High Tower got you to almost to midfield, and um, you know that. But they didn't get the first down. Then he threw incomplete to Ertz, and Miles got the first down. By then you have 20 sec- 27 seconds left. Um, yeah, it was a good play by Hayden. Uh, he saved a field goal there. I mean, they were on the seven-yard line. So, if you had enough time to take a shot in the end zone, you know, you got a shot against seven there, but you're, you're going to get three. Yeah, and it was funny because Jay Shaw, Jay Shaw caught the pass, and he started, like, celebrating, and then he realized he had to try to get the ball on the, on the line of scrimmage. And by then it was – they wouldn't have gotten there anyway. But, no. Yeah, no, I think there was, just, like, seven seconds left when he caught it. Yeah. There was yeah. no shot. Eagles could use some contribution from Zach Ertz, couldn't they? Yeah, and it's not even – I mean, obviously the lack of contribution is a concern. Um, I'm just not sure where he is, you know. I, like on the on the interception, and I don't think he could have done anything. Like he obviously got, you know, interfered. He, he, it, was, it should have been a penalty on Pittsburgh. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, but – you can't just – I mean, like, there, there was a replay of that. You just see him, like, with his arms up as kids making the interception. you got to continue the play. No matter how frustrated you are about your contract or about getting interfered with or about whatever's going on, you got to finish the play. And it's just a bad look. And, and maybe there's nothing he could have done. Maybe he couldn't have, you know, knocked the ball away from, from, from the kid. But um, it just looks bad when you're – you're waving your arms at the ref while the guy's three feet away from you picking off the, the pass. And uh, I'm not sure he could have done anything, but just looks bad. And uh, yeah. Last two games, 11 targets, five catches, 15 yards. He had one catch today. Yeah, I mean, catch. on a team without any receivers, you got to find ways to get him the ball. He's got to, I, I get it. I get that he gets all the attention. I get that, you know, the, there's a corner on him or he's doubled, but a great player doesn't get shut out like that. It right. just doesn't happen. George Kittle doesn't get shut out like that. Travis Kelsey doesn't get shut out like that. I mean, occasionally, but really, I mean, this whole year, I mean, you know, Ertz is, I don't know what his stats are. I mean, I don't think I've ever looked, but <laughs> it's just, you know, this is a guy who caught more passes than any tight end in history through seven seasons. And obviously – um, I don't know. Maybe he's not the player he was. I mean, he's, he's taken a lot of hits. Uh, it, he looks like he's fit. He looks like he's in shape. Uh, he had one bad drop early. Um, Carson's missed him on a few, but um, yeah, he's just, they maybe having, you know, not having Goddard out there. Um, obviously coverage is, is all going to be 
you know, geared to, to Zach Ertz, but um, they need him. I mean, they need him to make some plays. He doesn't have to be Superman, but um, I didn't expect this from – he's the last guy I expected to – you know, because he's so consistent. He's always – even on a bad game, you, you look at the book and he'd be like, you know, four for 58. That would be his bad games. You know, now that would be a great game for him. So, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the contract is still bothering him. Uh, it sure was bothering him, you know, a few weeks ago when we talked to him a month ago. Um, we don't really get to talk to him too much these days. Um, I don't know. His body language, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, I agree with you. And if you're going to come out and complain about your contract, there's going to be a bullet or bullseye on you. You know, everyone's going to point at you and say, well, why aren't you doing your job if you want a contract? And that's the case right now. I mean, he's a guy who feels like he's underpaid. Right now, he looks overpaid. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, the, the Zach Ertz that we're used to seeing is so positive. He's like, he's like one of the most positive people I know. Um, and, you know, when you look at him in the huddle on the field, I, ju- I just don't see that same, you know, enthusiasm. I don't know what to call it. There's just that same, you know, kind of passion, that same energy. Um, he just I don't, I don't want to say going through the motions because that's a little strong, but he just doesn't look the same to me. Hey, if you're a football fan, you need to check out this new game, Sunday Night 7, on the NBC Sports Predictor app. There's really no reason not to play. It's totally free and has $2 million in guaranteed cash prizes this season with $100,000 up for grabs every week. Just make seven predictions about what will happen on Sunday Night Football for your chance to win some serious money. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app or head to NBCSports.com slash predictor right now to make your Sunday Night 7 picks. So Lane Johnson left another game. That ankle is not going away, that problem. I don't know what you do. Maybe you have to sit him down for a game. Or two. Or two. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it takes because – you end up getting in this position where you're forcing a rookie out there who's played well, but you're forcing a rookie out there without really being prepared. I mean, I'm sure he's relatively prepared now knowing the injury situation, but that's not good. I mean, you, you need Lane Johnson out there, especially with all the other injuries on the O-line, and they just can't rely on him right now. Yeah, and I think we talked to Lane on Friday, and he said he'd gotten his ankle drained and there was a lot of fluid in there, and he seemed really confident that, um, the issue, the swelling had been resolved um, and that he was going to be good to go. And then you see him leaving the field. So that's concerning. And, you know, we'll get an update on him tomorrow. But uh, I think, I mean, Jack Driscoll is good enough that you're better off, to me, you're better off giving him the reps during the week, whether it's this week or for two weeks, shutting Lane down and letting Jack play prepared. He's a young rookie. He's a fourth-round pick. Uh, it's a very tough position to put him in where uh, he's getting some reps during the week because Lane uh, – well, Lane was actually – he wasn't limited. He, he practiced this week, right? So um, – He was limited early and then became full. I think he actually missed Wednesday. Yeah, you're right. So, so I mean, he's getting some reps, but it's still not ideal. Uh, he's not getting all the reps. Um, he's played well considering everything. I, I think their best bet might be to – I mean, the last thing you want is a guy going on and off the field all the time. I and that's the whole Jason Peters thing, you know. So I think we're probably at the point where you got to shut him down for a couple of weeks and, and just clear that thing out. And he had surgery. This, was, this is not supposed to be happening. 
Yeah, and and my understanding of that surgery was he really came back. I don't want to say early, but on the early end of of the time frame, and you wonder if that hasn't helped things. Uh, and now certainly that he keeps playing on it when it's not healed. I'm no doctor, but it, it probably doesn't help the healing process. Yeah, I'd think about shutting down for a game or two. I mean, I, un, unless you're really confident he's going to be okay, and I don't know why you would. Um, it's a tough situation. Three games till the bye week, I think. So, you know, maybe IR him. If he's going to miss two games, if, if you think he's going to miss two or three games, IR him. Then you get the bye week. And, you know, by, by then, who knows what your, your record is going to be, what, what, and one. But, uh, yeah. I hope, I hope there's not another tie in there. Well, that'll make tiebreakers easier, I think. But, um, yeah, so – it's a, it's a big concern. We saw Slay leave the field. You said he tweeted he's okay. I don't think there were any other injuries. <laughs> just no, the, surprisingly, right, yeah. Just the, the, the three-time all the three time Pro Bowl right tackle and the three-time Pro Bowl cornerback. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Dave's positivity corner, what do you got? Well, just I, – I don't know. We didn't talk about Fulgham. I, I, you know, as far as long-term, I mean, I think they found something. And I – um, it was really encouraging to see. Um, when was the last time you felt that way about a, a young Eagles wide receiver? I, you know, I mean, he's not a rookie, but he's never caught a pass before last Sunday. Now, Jordan Matthews, I think, had a 150-something yard game as a rookie. Um, but, uh, you know, really, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since you felt like this guy's really got a chance to be a player. So, that's that's and he's so humble. I mean, to take to take the blame for that fourth down, um, you know, drop. It's not a drop, uh, but uh, showed me a lot. Uh, very athletic man. He's athletic. He can run well enough. Uh, he's strong. We've seen him a couple of times break tackles. Um, there was one play today where um, I think he caught the ball a little short of the sticks, and a guy kind of had an arm on him, and he just twisted around and got free of him and got the first down. Um. Yeah, he's impressive. Impressive kid. Yeah, he's um, fun to watch play. Yeah, uh, Dave. What else do we have in Dave's positivity corner today? Let me take one before we run out. Uh, yeah, what do you I'll got? say I'll say Carson. I thought he played well. Yeah. For for you know for the first quarter of the season, I thought he was their biggest problem, and he wasn't. The good news is he's, he's they have other problems now. They have other problems now that have surpassed him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but if you had to ask me. What would you rather have, a quarterback who's playing well or a defense that's uh, playing well? I'd probably take the quarterback. I mean, I, I think that if, if they're ever going to make a run this year, you need the quarterback to play well, and especially long term. I mean, he was playing so poorly in the first quarter of the season. Everyone, not everyone, but I think a lot of people started to question long term, is he the guy? And uh, I'm not all the way sold on him right now in this season, but he played well. and. I was encouraged by that. Yeah. So we got a quarterback and a receiver in Dave's positivity corner and uh, Cam Johnson playing well. Yeah. Oh, I got something. Um, the Eagles are great at covering punts. They are good at covering punts. They are not good at kick returns. No. It's, that was bad. And, and uh, they get a lot of practice at it. Yeah. And the referees were bad today. Terrible. I'm not normally one to, to – bag on the rest. It was both, both ways. They were awful. Yeah. I yeah. mean that, that OPI they called 
on Claypool was a joke, just as much as the DPI on Slay. I mean, they were they were awful today. Yeah, it was an awful crew. It was an awful broadcast crew. But we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens, I guess, when you're one, two, and one. You get the the schlubs out there. This is uh, Ronald uh, Torbert, uh, his crew. He was the referee. Um, I think if they could have changed and had the refs broadcast the game and have the broadcasters ref the game, I think we might have been on to something. <laughs> Maybe we can suggest that next time. I'll do that. All right. If you enjoy the Eagle Eye podcast, do us a favor, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We always appreciate that. You got anything else before we wrap this up? No. No, two-game winless streak is over, and uh, Ravens coming to town. It'll be fun to be actually be out of game Sunday. It will be. All right, everyone, we'll talk to you later in the week. For Eagle Eye and Ruben Frank, I'm Dave Zingaro. We'll catch you soon.